Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we seek to answer the age-old question, how fat does someone have to be before it's okay to fat shame them? Um, now, this is an episode, the last episode was primarily motivated by uh, a post that I had seen on Twitter, but this this episode is actually motivated by uh, some things, Tim, that you saw over the weekend. So, so why don't you tell us um, why why we're doing this episode on on fat shaming today? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, over the uh, you know the end of end of last week, I was doing some Christmas shopping and trying to get a dirty Santa gift, and so I, I really don't go to stores very often. I really you know would prefer to avoid shopping as much as possible because I just don't really like to spend money. I'm cheap. And so I don't really like to go to stores as far as that goes. <laughs> I, 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 it's just, you know, why go, you know, tempt yourself to spend a bunch of money, but I, I don't really do a whole lot of shopping at stores anymore, but I found myself, uh, driving and I was near a target and I just thought, well, I'll just run in there and find a, um, find a gift real quick. And, go to the electronic section or whatever and grab something um, for this party that I was going to. And, you know, as I'm, I haven't been at Target in a long time, but as I'm in Target, I'm just walking through um, the women's clothes section on my way back to the electronic section. And, you know, posted on the wall is this picture of three, you know, huge women, you know, like just enormous uh, women <laughs> that are doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the kind of women whose legs are as big as my body, you know, kind of, kind of <laughs> they give like thunder thighs a whole new meaning. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, they're doing model poses like, you know, you might expect at a normal, um, uh, at a normal show or a normal store that you might go to, but they're doing the same kind of poses, but it's just like huge, you know, 400 pound women that are up there and, and, you know, so I go from there and think, oh, man, like, what are we doing? Um, 
with with this and then I, I walk into the electronic section and there's a picture of a uh, you know, a smiling sodomite in a purple shirt, and and then I start noticing all the the diversity pictures that are there, and it's basically just an intersectional uh, uh, display of you know you have the Indian couple. Uh, they they I guess we're not quite ready for full tribal headdress Indians yet at Target, but uh, you know who knows? <laughs> Pretty soon we'll get there. But I mean, it's just it's the, all about know, progress, Tim. Yeah, one progress. step at a time, man. Right. And so, uh, but that, that was just, uh, for me, I mean, I, I've been watching this movement, uh, the body positive movement and fat shaming, um, has become, uh, along those lines, one of the worst possible things that you could do. I mean, I, I know that growing up, growing up, there was social pressure uh, against being overweight. And now, now that, um, you know, critical theory has basically infected everything. You know, we're at a point where being obese or being a glutton or being fat is considered a protected class. And there's this move in our society to try to normalize that. Um, and, it, and it's a pretty strange move. I, I, you know, I don't really keep up with pop culture or entertainment, but even someone as ignorant of pop culture and entertainment as me knows about like the singer Adele who used to be, you know, morbidly obese and, Everyone praised her for being, you know, uh, true to herself and all this kind of stuff. And she's such an inspiration and role model to all the fat women in America and everything else. Uh, but then the point is that um, re- recently, I believe it was pretty recently, she decided that, you know, she was killing herself by being, you know, overweight and she decided to lose some weight. And so she was universally praised as kind of an inspiration for everyone. And then when she lost weight, then, you know, all the fat people were attacking her essentially and basically saying, you know, how could you do this to us? How could you lose weight? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you cared about us. You know, we looked up to you, you know, and now you're just like everyone else who is, uh, you know, fat shaming us, you know, and I, and, 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 you know, there's no shortage of like memes on the internet that, you know, diet, going on a diet is fat shaming yourself. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, there's just uh, – you can look at, you know, YouTube videos of, of of a doctor commenting on certain weight loss plans and look underneath them and see, you know, comment after comment after comment of, of you know, people who are disturbed that they are being fat shamed by any notion of uh, trying to get them – to help people to lose weight as if that is even a goal to pursue. And so it's a problem. I mean when you're in a society that praises obesity and refuses to have any mechanism that – would um push back against that at all i think it's i think we need more people who are going to step into that space and speak sane words as far as that goes <laughs> i i've i've been into target a few more times than you and and i had seen a lot of those ads when when you sent me the picture of them um you know my first thought was is this the first time you've been in Target in a while? <laughs> uh, yes. But, yes. But, when, but when you sent me those pictures, I, I saw them the first time, you know, a year, year and a half ago, when I, whenever they started putting up uh, all those, all the pictures of the new, like, fat people and, and gay people and whatever, whatever else. And uh, I just hadn't really thought about it in a while. But when you sent me that picture, one of the things that I thought of, I didn't tell you about this, but one of the things I thought of was, you know, uh, one of the, one of the girls was like laying down on the floor doing a modeling pose. And I, and I immediately thought, 
I wonder if she needed help getting up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, You're so, not allowed to laugh at that. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get canceled for for saying that, oh. but that, that's all right. Um, uh, now, you, you say you say I'm not allowed to joke it. I'm not allowed to to joke about that. Um, you know, obviously this this episode, the title of it, the joke that I made. Even I think the fact that you're pointing out, hey, there's a there's a weird standard of beauty trying to be set through the the Target advertisements in their store. All of this to um, the person listening to this episode right now is going to sound incredibly offensive. I mean, wildly offensive. You're, you're just not allowed to say these these kinds of things, um, especially out in public where everyone can hear you saying it and they have recorded proof of you saying it. Um, so, so explain a little bit why you think that this is so offensive to mere, even to point out that someone is fat. Why, why is this so offensive to people? Yeah, I, well, there's several explanations for this that I could give. I don't even know the proper order to start. So I'm just going to say a few of them and, a uh, few few explanations, but I, I think, you know, growing up, I'll just start a little bit autobiographical. I mean, growing up, I um, I was part of a generation where there is still social stigma attached to being fat. So there was, uh, you know, fat phobia was just the standard, you know, as it's described now, standard state of affairs. And people didn't, you know, growing up in high school, you didn't want to be fat. And... I mean, I remember, you know, getting out of high school and going into my college years, all of a sudden it transitioned to where being skeletal thin was the thing, right? And so you had like actresses like Calista Flockhart, whoever that was. I can't remember. I only remember her name or, you know, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. One of them like turned to extreme bulimia and all of a sudden um, like being extremely bulimic came, became kind of like – a significant thing and when, whenever you talk about like the idea of fat shaming instantaneously the thought that comes to mind is the thought of the 95 pound girl saying to the 100 pound girl hey fatty you know you need to go on a diet and quit eating so much donuts or something <laughs> like that right I yeah. mean, that's what people think when when they think about but the problem is that they picture that scenario like Anywhere between the ninety-five pound woman talk or ninety-five pound teenage girl talking to the hundred pound girl who's trying to you know live up uh, to whatever you know subjective standard of beauty quote, quote unquote that males have you know as far as that goes you have that same kind of reaction though being applied all the way across the board to the six hundred pound person right who you say hey you can't even stand up without it being a triumphant act of bravery right. <laughs> and so like we're <laughs> we're living in a society right now that it is unable to distinguish like those two things in a fundamental way. So a part of it like that's why it's such an offensive question to ask is because instantaneously we've like collapsed um anything in, in any you know weight and every weight from, you know, 95 pounds to 600 pounds. And we have the same moral reaction to any kind of pushback. 
in a way that's kind of insane when you think about it. So part of it's that. I think part of it is we're deeply infected by a moral relativism. I, mean, I remember going to Bible college. One of the things that my one of my professors says is that Christians live in an axiomatic schizophrenia is what he said. And that's just a fancy way of saying essentially we, we have a category for objective truth, you know, despite what the postmoderns say, which truth is relative and everything else. Uh, so we, we were pushing back on, hey, it's not your truth. And I mean, this was you know, 15 years ago, going to school or whatever it was, 20, 20 years ago. I can't remember now, but um, we, postmodernism is a thing. Moral relativism is a thing where there's no such thing as objective truth. Well, the Christians were pushing back on that, but then we you know handed that over with um, – like in terms of axiomatic, our values, we we didn't believe in something like objective beauty, right? So we had embraced moral relativism as it related to the category of beauty. So we thought, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've thought that for years, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder and there is no objective standard of beauty. And, and But that's just, you know, that's a lie. Uh, the Bible describes um, Rachel as being beautiful in both form and appearance, and and of Leah, Leah was said her eyes were weak, right, or delicate or whatever else. So she had pretty eyes and, you know, to use a crass expression, Rachel was the whole package, right? <laughs> and I know you're not allowed to use meat terms related to women without like triggering all the feminists. But I mean, that's I'm just I'm just trying to say like that, like that there is an objective standard of beauty that exists in the world. And, you know, if you um, that like. As Christians, we have to believe in that kind of thing. But when you give up everything over to relativism, then it just resolves as, hey, your preference, you like skinny people. You know, I like huge people, right? Uh, who's to say who's more beautiful? And it's like, well, the Bible, right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about that. So I think part of it is like we have this moral indignation that's related to uh, what I'm trying to say is there's this moral indigna- like moral reaction that any instance of pushing back on glut on gluttony at all is put as the 95 pound girl to the 100 pound girl we've embraced moral relativism essentially which now means that like we don't have a category for objective beauty anymore um you know in terms of like uh sociology one of the things that's happened is critical theories infected everything and so now we have you know obese people as being uh, a protected class of people and so because they're a protective class of people, you have to basically affirm them in their identity, and any pushback upon that is considered basically a civil rights kind of issue, too. And so I, I think um, – and then factor in the fact that um, you know, I think um, pastors have failed to speak to the issue of gluttony for many, many years now. It's just been kind of a ceasefire that's – uh, been put on that, and then you factor into the fact that you know that the fact that you know Americans have the you know one of the worst diets in the history of the human race, and all that combined means that we just have a a problem we're not really allowed to talk about for a variety of reasons, and there's other reasons too, but that's just a few reasons why it feels like it's mortally offensive. Oh, well, let me say this too. I mean, it, like because of critical theory, one of the things that happens is that. Like whenever you're dealing with a protective class, right? So whether it's a um, a uh, sexual orientation class, um, quote unquote, whether it's a uh, minority class, quote unquote, um, or perceived victim class, quote unquote, um, uh, or you know related to the body positive positivity movement, like a class of uh, weight or size. 
this is considered a protected class, and the rules for all of these classes is attack on one is an attack on all. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when President Trump said that like Rosie O'Donnell was a fat idiot or something like that, right? <laughs> it's like you know, yeah, uh, you're not allowed to laugh, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> when he said when he said that she was a fat, I mean, like now you're going to get thrown into the category too because you're laughing at the one. But here's the thing: when I think I was that, already lumped into the category. I've I've already lumped myself. <laughs> that ship has sailed. <laughs> oh man! Uh, here's the thing, though: when you like when he said that about her, what did the media say over and over and over again after that? Like Trump attacks women, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, he doesn't attack women. What do you mean he attacks women? Like. What, what are you talking about? He just said that Rosie O'Donnell was a fat idiot, right? Like, is she a fat idiot or not, right? Like, that's the point. Like, is she a fat idiot? Like, that's – like, that doesn't have to do – like, all women are not Rosie O'Donnell, right? So no one says, like, when – like, so, th- like, there's an asymmetrical kind of rules there. I mean, when, when people – like, the media says incessantly that Trump is an idiot, right? And they've even had ads about him being overweight, right? Yeah. Uh, but no one thinks, oh, that's an attack on men, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have that attack because it's not a protected class. And so part of like why this question is so offensive is because like obesity now is treated as a protected victim class, essentially, that you must universally praise. And any criticism of the one means you criticize all. So that's why you can't even ask the question, how fat does a person have to be before you fat shame? It's all viewed under the same lens of attack on one is attack on all. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So I guess I guess just I kind of want to know your perspective on all of this since you said it started out with the with you know the ninety five pound girl telling the hundred pound girl to lose some weight, fatty. Um. Are you are you surprised? It it seems kind of like a sudden shift in my mind. It's pr- it probably hasn't been, but in my mind, it seems like it has been a bit of a sudden shift are you surprised at all um at the fact that we've basically gone to the complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of how we view weight now i mean yes and no uh, i mean i'm all of it shocking like when you think about all the intersectional classes and everything else i mean we're like the level of insanity it's i must be on parody at this point i mean like the teletransgender person that like they need to be true to themselves and basically mutilate their entire body and um and you know uh, uh basically destroy their heritage or any chance that they'll ever have have biological um children for the rest of their life and because of some you know uh, mistaken notion that they're born the wrong gender i mean all of that like it's not it's insane. I mean, when you think about it, and the level of insanity is just comprehensive, almost at every single level. So there's there's a sense in which it's like like people have to say, oh, "How stupid can we possibly get?" Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, how stupid can we? Po- I mean, and, and like with every new like um, every new revelation in the news cycle, it's just like we're just reaching new levels of stupidity, and it's just like breathtaking how dumb. Uh, us supposedly enlightened people can possibly be at this point. And so there's a sense in which it's shocking, but then there's another sense in which I think once you can kind of see the writing on the wall uh, for a long time now with the body positive stuff. I mean, it's an insane conclusion. Like 
I mean, there's obviously health, like, so, I mean, there's settled, you know, actual good science to talk about, like, all the preventable illnesses that can be caused by keeping yourself in reasonable proportion and everything else. I mean, it's just like, there's so many preventable diseases, like heart disease and, you know, for certain forms of cancer and everything else that just are largely affected by uh, diet. And just, you can see physically the you know, all the problems that, I mean, you imagine the 400 pound person climbing the stairs and all out of breath, you know, and barely make it up and all the knee pain problems and the back problems and, you know, the, all the, you know, erectile dysfunction, everything that comes from, I mean, there's so many problems that come from being obese to the point where, why would you want to praise that as a society, as a virtue? Like it seems insane, but at the same time, I think it, it is the kind of thing that, once you see how the game works and your eyes are open, that once something is starting to be considered a protected class, you can extrapolate out if you have some sort of forethought and you, you're looking and you're paying attention, you're watching, you can see where the trajectory is going. And so like as soon as, like for instance, gay became the new black, right? You saw mm -hmm. how that script worked itself out. And then when you see a similar thing is happening with the, you know, being obese or being able-bodied, right? able body you got to check your able-bodied privilege. We, <laughs> we know how this goes, right? I mean, it's it's kind of, you can see the writing on the wall. You start trying to, pr pr what you do is you end up praising a, vir a vice as a virtue and demanding that everyone else praise it and all the rules, predictable rules apply. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's shocking in the level of idiot idiocy that is there, but then it's like, yeah, it's a pr we've seen this playbook before. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It feels like Romans one in the worst way possible. <laughs> Basically like, well, and if, that's what Romans one says. Hey, you know, not only did they you know, commit these things, but they give hearty approval of those who do so as well. And mm -hmm. that's what's being demanded is that you praise these vices at every point. Right. In an unthinking way. Right. And so, uh, you know, you're, you're saying using terms like vices, it seems like you're indicating Hey, these things are are really really bad. So when it comes to scripture, um, you know, can, is it safe to assume that um, you know being fat is sinful, or is it just unwise, like for your health? Um, where, what exactly does scripture tell us about um, being fat? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> thou is there like a thou shalt not be fat somewhere that we can that we can go to real oh, quick. Goodness. So <laughs> this is, I think it's a, it, um, it's a hard question to answer like in terms of in a simplistic way. And because it's a hard question to answer, I think essentially what's happened is that, um, there's been a lot of lat a lot more latitude given to this kind of topic than should be uh, given as far as that goes. <laughs> um, uh, but no pun intended. Uh, but uh, uh, but uh, anyways, um, no, I, I think so. Let me see if I can try to. Uh, I would say there doesn't seem to be in the Bible a. There, there's obviously not a specific "thou shalt not be fat" kind of thing. And, um, so there's that, um, now at the same time, there's a lot of passages in the Bible which condemn gluttony. Okay. So, um, Deuteronomy 21, 20 talks about what to do if you have a stubborn and rebellious son. 
And you know, part of the there, there's a instruction there that's offensive at a different level because uh, and w- maybe we could do a podcast on that at some point. To, but basically, the instruction under the law is if you have a stubborn and rebellious son, you take him out to the elders of the city gate and you stone him. Uh, but then it, it says he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. So it's like that seemed to be like significant moral issues. Uh, you read through Proverbs, there's several verses that are related to like the idea of gluttons. So be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. I guess we need to leave America, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, So that's in the language of wisdom. Uh, uh, Proverbs twenty three twenty one: for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber clothe them. Um uh, Proverbs twenty eight seven. You know, be careful who your friends are. The one who keeps uh, essentially is what it's saying. The one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. Right. So you, you know, you read through the Bible, you have this idea of gluttony, like it being a significant moral issue. It's a matter of wisdom at certain points, uh, but then it's you know you might want to not have friends who are gluttons, not be a companion of gluttons, or you're going to bring shame. So it is something that should be shameful, right? Um, Jesus, he was accused of being a, a companion of, uh, he, or he's accused, accused of being a glutton and a drunkard, right? Uh, uh, and then, you know, Titus 1 2 of the Cretans, uh, characteristics of the Cretans, the prophets of their own said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. I mean, this is the moral category. And so I think it's easy to attach your, uh, yourself to this idea of uh, being a glutton and being someone who uh, is intemperate with his eating of food. And so, uh, but, but I think what, the issue with the glutton is is like a glutton is a person essentially who doesn't have self control as it relates to eating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what makes that complicated is that there are obviously, I think, people with stronger metabolisms in the world than others. So, I had a friend who uh, basically he's in his mid thirties and you know, the guy could eat whatever he wanted to eat and he could never gain his weight because he had some sort of medical condition. It's like, well, that's a problem I wish I had, you know, um, <laughs> as far as that goes. Uh, but I mean, I, I think, um, there's, um, there's some sort of difficulty here as it relates to defining, I, I wouldn't want to say that it's a sin to necessarily be fat depending on how you define it, but Gluttony is a real moral issue, and I, mean, I think I could just speak to my own kind of experience here and try to explain why it's a little bit complicated. Um, now, I, growing up, I you know I was in high school, I was an athlete, I played basketball eight hours a day. I mean, I uh, you know in high school I weighed 135 pounds, and uh, towards the beginning of high school and towards basically by the end of high school I was about 155 max, but that was one percent body fat, the three percent body fat range. And like, there's nothing I could do to gain weight. I mean, my parents like um, had five kids, and I basically spent my whole childhood hungry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't feed me fast enough. Right? <laughs> and so, like, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I learned to eat like an athlete. Right? And so then, going uh, going into college, it was funny. I mean, it's just like all of a sudden I transitioned into more of a steady sedentary lifestyle. And I never really learned – I didn't have to diet or really – I mean I spent all day long exercising anyways. I could eat as much as I wanted. And then all of a sudden in the college, it's like I, I you know, have all the same habits. I you know, go to Taco Bell three times a day um, now that I have money, right? Uh, <laughs> three times like a day? Were you eating breakfast <laughs> at Taco Bell too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and then all of a sudden I blow up, right? And it's just like, what in the world? Like, uh, it, 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 but then um, it's funny. I've, I, I, um, it's funny because it, it really did take me like, uh, I, 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 it take it took me a good number of years to figure out what was going on, and I would say that. Uh, in a simplistic way, uh, just to be a little bit autobiographical here as it relates to this, I never learned how to eat healthy, right? And my understanding of like what appropriate size portions were was significantly flawed, and I really didn't understand anything about nutrition or how uh, any of that worked. And so part of it was it's like, okay, well, I'm going to eat less, and maybe that will help out, help out a little bit and you know, drink diet drinks and do – do all the things. But then the problem was, it's just like, you're still living in America eating one of the worst diets in the history of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so part of some like, would argue one of the best diets in the world <laughs> in terms of taste and taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in terms maybe of not health. so much, maybe not so much in health. <laughs> well, I think, right. For me, you know, I, I, I gained a bunch of weight in my early college years. And I mean, I, it was a source of like, trouble for me and I didn't really know what to do to get it off because no matter what I did I couldn't I couldn't be like I was in high school and I you know the problem was I chalked it all up to well you know I have a different metabolism than everyone else or something like that right Uh, or you know maybe there's some lucky people out there who just you know can be thin but that I'm not one of them but the problem is it's just like you know you the more you it it took me to my early 30s to figure out what skinny people were actually doing in order to maintain their skinniness, right? And one of the things that they don't do is drink a two liter of Mountain Dew a day or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much ridiculous amount of sugar in that. You know, if you want to be fat, drink like regular soda. Like just look on the back of a, um, uh, uh, on the back of a, 20 ounce and there's like what like 70 grams of sugar oh it's, or something. it's bad it's it's, it's bad i mean if you want to be fat just drink a, but but i mean the thing is you cannot be a glutton here's the thing you could be fat like fatter than you should be you could be disproportionate right objectively and you know eat once a day pretty modest diet or something like that in terms of quantity but you're just drinking a bunch of sugar drinks all day long right mm-hmm and so I don't know that there's some kind of here, – here's why it's complicated. I don't know that there's some kind of moral condemnation against that kind of person who's just ignorant about how Nutrition. bad – Yeah, I mean to – and like that kind of person, they may not be a glutton. They may have self-control. They just may be eating and all the wrong stuff and don't understand. They don't have a, a plan to get there. And so I don't think that there's like some sort of simplistic answer to this like at – at all points. I mean, um, I, again, I don't know much about celebrities, but I do know that, you know, if Kim Kardashian wants to lose weight, I've learned somehow uh, over the course of my life that what she does is she eats a chicken salad every meal with no dressing on it and drinks water, right? <laughs> and so, hey, you know, but I'm just trying to say that that's like, like this, the, the people who are actually look the way that they look, it's not like because they have some sort of miraculous metabolism in in the main it's because they're making choices that um to eat different things than like they're not, you know, going to uh KFC and, you know, having a plateful of macaroni and cheese and plateful of potato wedges and a plateful of, you know, 
uh, mashed potatoes with their uh, fried chicken fingers, you know, mm-hmm. all with their, you know, uh, 44 ounce um, Pepsi and um, all the ranch dressing and everything else. They're making <laughs> the kind of choices to maintain their appearance that you don't want to make, you know. So I would say in, in the simple answer to the question is it's just it's complicated. I don't, but I mean, obviously, at some point, somewhere along the line, when you're at 400 pounds, uh, you know, let's just all acknowledge that if you're 400 pounds, you've whatever you're doing, you're you've crossed the line, right? And you're such a poor steward of your body now that, like, you uh, functionally probably aren't able to really fulfill the responsibilities God's given you in life. Be a good, you know, friend, good hu- husband, good wife good father, good mother, if you can't even get up off the couch without being out of breath, something has gone awry at that point to where, like, you know, and probably a lot of it's related to what you're eating and probably a lot of it's related to how much you're moving to, you know. So does that make sense? So I don't know that there's a simplistic kind of calculus, but I would say that most people should probably um, lose a little weight. <laughs> um, so I In know order that- to be faithful, okay? Okay, so in order to be faithful, when you say in order to be faithful, in order to be faithful to just all of the various responsibilities that have been given to man, is that what you mean? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like part of the issue is gluttony and that like I think you can eat a horrible diet and be self-controlled, not be the kind of person who's, you know, hiding in your closet, eating like a box of Chips Ahoy or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you. <laughs> Or have your food stashes all over the house. I think <laughs> I think you could be the kind of person just eating a horrible diet that you know isn't in very good proportion and still be self controlled. And it's just like, hey, you may want to think about like being a little bit better steward of your body for the sake of wisdom. But then, um, you know, there's a verse in Hebrews that is I think relevant to this. And um, you know, Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, it says. Notice what I did there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every weight. <laughs> let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, that weight there, let me suggest in the nicest possible way, that that could be literal weight, Right. So like the weight is different from the sin category. So you have sins that are clearly sin, but like there are things that slow you down in the race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that just could be like literal weight, right? I mean, it could slow you down in the race. It could make it to where like, hey, you know what? It's harder to play with my kids because I'm, you know, 70 pounds overweight, Right. You know what? It's harder to enjoy my wife being intimate with my wife because I'm suffocating her to death, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's harder to let my husband enjoy me, right? Uh, <laughs> physically, because I I detest the way I look because I refuse to make good choices mm-hmm. or something like that. And so there, like, you know, when. Your weight becomes an issue that's like, hey, you know, I, I'm having all these heart problems because I'm carrying around so much extra weight. You know, I'm having trouble walking upstairs without getting winded. I'm having trouble standing up off a couch. You know, like I, you know, I have, I don't want to ever play with my kids because it's too much work. I mean, like, 
you might be amazed at how much energy you actually have. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen adults look at kids and be like, oh, I wish I had such energy. And it's like, you know what? You may have a lot of that if you would lose 60, 70 pounds, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You may be surprised at how much energy you actually have. And it's no shock. Like you, you don't know why you, you're so tired and lethargic and sluggish all the time. And it might just be because you have some weights that you need to lay aside for the sake of being faithful. Yeah, maybe drink some more water. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, hey, I mean, that's a lot of weight loss. Honestly, it's just drinking water. Yeah, I just make that one choice. I've noticed that a lot. I, I, uh, I used to drink a lot of soda, and and I still have periods where I I will for like a week or so. I'll drink like a lot of soda, but then I I have tried to be a lot more conscientious about drinking water. I have like this big water bottle that I try and drink at least one, but hopefully more than one of it throughout the day. And number one, I I normally just feel a lot better. Like my head doesn't hurt as much, um, uh, because I'm not so dependent on the caffeine that I'm getting from all those drinks. But then too, I'm just not drinking, you know, 70 grams of sugar, however much it is per can of of soda with, with each drink. I'm just, you know, I'm getting water instead. And so I normally feel a lot better. I also, when you're talking about the, when you're talking about all the food stuff, I immediately thought of my favorite uh, comedy movie of all time, Dodgeball. When you have the, um, when you have Ben Stiller's character, who is, who is, uh, the, is it Ben Stiller? I, I think it's Ben Stiller. It's been, I, think so. I, I, I forget now because I haven't seen it in so long, but he's like the fit guy who owns the really awesome gym that's going to buy out the terrible gym from the main characters. And then he loses all his stuff and he get he loses his gym. And so he's just like stuck at home eating fast food and stuff all the time and like blows up to be like 600 pounds or whatever. And I was thinking about that and I was like, man, they, you're just not allowed to make movies like that anymore. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make them as good as they used to, I guess. Well, you know, like the Bible talks about the sluggard is so lazy that he refuses to eat or he's, you know, um, unable to, you know, lift his fingers from the bowl, you know, again. And so it's like you picture the big, you know, 600 pound person with the, you know, Cheeto stained fingers who <laughs> wants to eat another but doesn't have the energy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's such but a gross hey, we're, picture. <laughs> we're not allowed to laugh at that. Yeah, yeah, session. you're not you're not allowed to make <laughs> you're just not allowed to make movies like that anymore. <laughs> um um so <laughs> That's funny. Uh so you kind of you're making a distinct earlier in, in your answer you talked about um you know, churches really haven't talked about um, gluttony very much. And I I can't, in my own personal life, I don't know that I can think of a single time that I've ever heard anyone talk about gluttony in any kind of way, really. Not even like just kind of like off, you know, off topic comment made during a sermon. I really haven't heard much about it at all. Why are, but then we all, we all realize it's a sin. Like we said earlier, gluttony is, um, but then obviously, you know, we live in a society that is, is drastically like mishandling their weight and even, even, um, taking it so far as to having, uh, I think 
I think heart related issues are like the number one cause of death in our country. And I think a large part of that is because of our diets and our weight in general as a society. So it seems like one of those issues where if you're a Christian looking at things and, and you can see that, that this issue is actually not just like a, a, not only, you know, a spiritual life or death situation, but it's actually literally a physical life or death situation for a lot of people where you're drastically shortening your lifespan. So why is it that, that churches aren't really talking about this at all? Gluttony. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think, um, related to the factors mentioned before, uh, I mean, it's obviously a problem. So just some statistics here. Um, it, you know, obesity is increasing. So from 1999 to 2000, uh, so from about from 1999 to 2017, essentially obesity, the obesity prevalence increased from about 30% to about 42% in the United States. And then there's all the problems that are associated with it. So like we're, we're getting fatter as a country. That's part of the problem. And then you can have like a little kids movie like Wally that basically is projecting this out in the future where in the future, all human beings will be, you know, 600 pounds on their motor. uh, (laughs) 600 pounds is the new standard. (laughs) Yeah. So we're getting fatter as a society. I mean, you can just look at, you know, the old, you know, um, think about this, like, you know, you go to McDonald's and like that single cheeseburger meal, like a single cheeseburger with like a small fry. Mm-hmm. That used to be like a meal that would satisfy a normal adult in like the 50s or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine eating that and feeling full? No. Like that's just, 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 <laughs> Not so part at of all. But what's happening is like the meals are getting bigger and bigger and our expectations about what's normal are getting bigger. And so part of it is just because gluttony is a issue of self-control, there's plenty of people who are just eating this awful American diet and they're not really sneaking cookies. You know, they're not eating. They're not just like sitting on the couch going through a bag of Doritos or something like that. Right. And, and but then they can't control their weight and they don't know why. And so I think part of that is just like led people to just I don't think we understand nutritionally enough. And, and part of the and part of the thing is just to give give some understanding is i mean you have like you know fad diet after fad diet and conflicting information i mean like when i was you know when i was growing up everything was the low fat stuff and so you have to you know if you want to lose weight you eat all the low fat stuff and then now it's like well you know you need high fat you know and and so what is it you know is it low fat or is it high fat or you Mm -hmm. know you know and i think that our like there's a thousand nutritional theories out there and no one knows what the right way is. I mean, I remember when, you know, uh, what's that guy, uh, from subway. You remember that guy? Oh, uh, Jared something. Jared. Uh, I think he, yeah. Got into some trouble later on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's with subway anymore. anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I remember, you know, eat a six inch subway a a day in order to lose weight. And it's like, now it's like, Oh, bread, you know, whatever. And so, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of conflicting stuff and people are confused and you know, the diet, the, the diet's horrible and it's increasing and we're all addicted to carbs and sugar and everything else. And, and so I think part of it's just like, 
there are factors that, you know, there's just a lot of ignorance and just way too much information and we don't know how to sort through it all and we end up fatter and everyone's just like, well, lay off, you know? <laughs> so part of it's that, part of it's now though. Um, so I think that there, 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 there's been that kind of thing, like just the ignorance about it uh, in general. And then, you know, we've been affected by relativism too as it relates to, you know, like we don't believe in objective beauty anymore. Uh, in a way that is irrational and and so uh, so there's that um, but then um, um, th- but then now I think there's also you know social pressure um, um, you know related to some of those things as well like mm-hmm. with the body positive movement and and so I think we've just kind of we've laid off of this for a long time now and and um, and, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of churches who are like, here's the thing. I mean, like, if you want to be more cynical about it, there's so many churches. I mean, look, um, um, a lot of the big givers, you know, typically are heavy people, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so like you don't want to go after like your, 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 like, you know, as America is getting fatter and fatter and fatter, you don't want to go after your donors, man. You know, so it's kind of been put in this respectable sense. Don't bite that, the you know, hand that feeds. Has, <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. so I think that there's, there's a lot of things like that that are factoring into it. But the point is that, yeah, hey, we, now we, you know, we, we're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> now, okay, when it, when it comes to, the actual question that we were asking at the beginning of this episode. Um, could you just explain to us a little bit of, of, or maybe provide a definition even, um, for, for fat shaming, what, what we're meaning when we're talking about fat shaming itself. Yeah. I mean, so as I said, I mean, right now, when you think of what fat shaming is, is fat shaming is basically just any attempt that a person might have to uh, make a person feel bad for their weight. Okay. So, I mean, at this point, fat shaming is um, like, um, you know, this ever amorphous concept that is constantly expanding to basically be any attempt a person has to criticize a person for their weight or get them to change no matter how big or unhealthy they actually are. So, and and, I mean, I think in like um, a negative sense, it would be like any like refusal to positively praise people for actually being fat as well. Mm -hmm. So basically it's any, you know, any moral attempt to push back at a person for being overweight, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so, I mean, when it comes to... So look, uh, uh, Merriam-Webster fat shaming, the act or practice of subjecting someone perceived as fat. (laughs) Perceived as fat, not just just actually. (laughs) Notice how you've (laughs) slipped in the moral relativism there, right? The act or practice of subjecting someone perceived as fat or overweight, as if it's just like there's no objective category for being fat or overweight. There's no scientific way to determine if someone is fat or not. Yeah, so we don't even like we don't have you a monster. Of yeah, <laughs> but the act or practice of subjecting someone and perceived as fat or overweight is as to criticism or mockery. 
So you can't even criticize them at all, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. It's just like basically it's just there's a like like any attempt at moral reform for a gluttonous person or an overweight person or to say, hey, you need to make some lifestyle changes. So any criticism at all, any attempt to say, hey, you need to change is viewed as fat shaming mm-hmm. up until mockery. And so, I mean, it, it, you, I, mean, I think that there's obviously something morally wrong with the 95-pound girl looking at the 100-pound girl and saying, hey, fatty, you know, why don't you quit eating so much French fries or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, you're so repulsive. Like, uh, you know, I can see uh, a slight muffin top you know, poking out over your jeans, you <laughs> disgusting pig, you know, like that's, there's something wrong with that kind of thing to where, um, like that, that's not helpful. That's not edifying. That's like, that's, uh, like it doesn't pass, uh, the biblical test of what it means to love someone and everything else. And so, I mean, but like, like you have to understand that there's a vast difference between that and refusing to buy the second pizza for the 600 pound person who's laying in the bed all day long. Now, come mm-hmm. on, like, there's, there's, there has to be some sort of moral difference there between the two. And so now it's just, there's a universal ceasefire that's declared on this topic to where you can't say the obvious. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and everything's, you know, from the 95 pound to the 600 pound thing is all viewed as the exact same moral action, which is just insane, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so- uh, you know, a lot of people when they hear that, it's this is a weird thing that you pointed out earlier. But when a lot of people hear these types of phrases, when they hear things like fat shaming, immediately what your mind does is it jumps to the worst possible version of what that could be and then applies it to every situation in which someone uses the term fat shaming, whether or not that's what actually happened. Right. And and what I mean is you think of the, when you hear the term fat shaming, you think of the person who's going out and, and <laughs> looking at, at the, the fat target model and saying, Hey, you, you big giant heifer, you know, like quit stuff in your face so much or like whatever, like um, basically just, taking it to um, an area that's no longer simply like confronting um, what's actually going on in that person's life, but actually just like making fun of them, right? For no other purpose than just to make fun of them. That That's what people immediately jump to when they hear that term fat shaming. But then most of the time, honestly, that's not even happening. Like I can, I go online all the time and I see, I see posts uh, on different social media platforms where a person will have their little video they made or, you know, before and after pictures that they've taken where they, they have like a year long journey or a five year long journey of, uh, they started out really overweight, like 300 pounds. And then, they discipline themselves, they change their diet, they start going to the gym regularly, and then by the end of it, they look like a totally different person most of the time. Uh, or and, and, you know, a lot of times, even if they don't look crazy different, they still look way healthier, you know, and they, they tell people that their lives are definitely better now that they've lost weight. <laughs> and a lot of times you have people in the comments coming in and saying, Hey, you, you can't fat shame people like this. 
you know, and it's like, obviously we're, we're taking one term and we're applying it to two completely different things. Right. Um, and so, so probably when most people hear the title of this episode, they immediately think of the person going out and hurling insults at someone just for the sake of hurling insults at someone and not thinking, Hey, maybe we should just confront these people who are essentially killing themselves a lot of times. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so keep on going. The the question is why is that happening or, or is well, it an observation? Well, that, that's more just um, an observation that was, that was going to lead me um, essentially to saying that should be our response is the latter, you know, confronting people for the sake of, like their own well-being spiritually and physically. Um, uh, so, so how exactly should Christians respond, you know, to friends that are fat? Like, is there a, is there a moral obligation to confront them? You know, I know, I know we're saying, Hey, it's kind of hard to qualify as this sin, is this sinful, you know, um, maybe, maybe it's, maybe once you get to a certain, a certain, uh, wait, yeah, there's a threshold where it's like, all right, now it, is, now it is officially sin, you know, but it seems like it's a little more complicated than that. Um, uh, but then we're kind of being, uh, pressured by society because of the way the terms are being used to never say anything about it. So, so what exactly are Christians supposed to do? Are they supposed to not really, you know, say much about it and, and, just hope that people learn or should they confront, should they confront their overweight friends or, you know, what, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, I think you need to reject the moral calculus that, you know, basically equivocates and compares to vastly different things and collapses them all under the same kind of terminology. And we're doing this at every level um, also. So, I mean, the, the issue is once you label something a protected class, then like that's the move that's being run across the board, right? So if you think about the race discussion, that's what's happening at the race discussion. Like if you were to say, hey, you know, um, just look at rap videos and and you see the debauchery and the degenerate kind of behavior that's happening there and you say, hey, this is a destructive culture, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can't say that because like uh, – being black is considered to be a protected class. And so an attack on one is an attack on them all. Right. And so it's like, but no, like, it's like, Hey, but isn't ghetto culture like destructive and like, isn't it bad to like have your B words and your hoes, you know, that you put on these rap videos and, you know, they're dressed like skanks and hookers and, you know, doing the things that they're doing and referring to them that way. And like, isn't this like you're dressing like criminals and acting like, like, isn't this like bad? Like, isn't this negative? Isn't this affecting people in real time? But it's like, you have to universally praise it because it's a protected class. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is happening with, um, so that move was done with the race discussion, but then it's also being done with the homosexual or the sodomite discussion too, to where it's a, you know, it's a protected class and like any pushback against sodomy is now like basically the moral equivalent of like basically saying that you want to, you know, uh, hang a sodomite or something. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, and now the same thing's happening with the fat shaming thing. It's just like once there, we put it into the protected class, then a criticism of one is criticism of all and there's no you know pushback allowed. So I think you have to reject that. You have to say, hey, this is not logical and this is not rational uh, and that um, like there are – there are vast differences between the 95 pound girl, you know, being picked on by the, you know, popular girl at school and, you know, telling the 600 pound person, Hey, I'm not going to buy you another pizza. Sorry, go get your own pizza. You know? Uh, so, uh, so yes, I mean, and, and I think, um, with that pushback, um, I think because it's hard to know, um, I, I don't think you want to adopt some sort of like, because there's some subjectivity involved in some manner of like you're reading a person's behavior and it's subjectively determined meaning like, hey, you know, I don't see the person sneaking cookies all the time. You know, I don't mm-hmm. see them like having like stashes of snacks all over the place that they're trying to eat when no one's looking and that kind of weirdness. Uh, they're just eating normal meals and maybe they have an unhealthy diet and, you know, it's just like they're not like maybe they eat a little more than what. I think it's reasonable for them, but I'm not the ultimate judge of all of what self-control is. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of latitude that people have. And I do, I do think, yeah, it's not like, well, you, you know, like if you're the 90 pound person, your standard of what morbid obesity is, is like a 10 pound variant. And if you're, you know, at 250 or whatever, your standard of morbid obesity is a hundred pounds more than you or something, you know, it's like <laughs> wherever you happen to be at the moment, which is reasonable, you know, but I don't think, I don't think you want to kind of be the police as far as that goes to where you are the one who sub- subjectively determines like what is an appropriate level of disproportionate body, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. But, um, I, I so I, I don't want to say that, but um, I remember Sinclair Ferguson once he was giving a discussion on this, and you know, and he he was giving practical wisdom at this point, and he was saying, you know, I try to keep myself in reasonable proportion, right? And so you know, I drink the milk with the blue cap on it, and <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the one with the red cap or whatever. Uh, but you know, what that was his plan. But 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 I, I think that kind of insight to say, hey, you know, God did make us in His image, and I don't know that we're reflecting his image very well if we're just grossly out of proportion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe we should try to keep ourselves in reasonable proportion and have a lot of latitude as far as what that looks like. But I think where the rubber meets the road is if your loved one is just unable to perform the task that God has given them to perform because of their weight. I think at that point, you know, there is a clear moral kind of imperative to say you need to do better, you know? And like meaning like, hey, like, um, you know, when we got married, um, you looked a certain way. And then after we got married, you gained 150 pounds. And now you never want me to touch you again or look at you again or, you know, you're grossed out by the thought of intimacy or whatever. It's like or, you know, you're, um, you know, winded at the thought of trying to play with your kids. You're constantly telling your kids to go away. Uh, you know, or you don't want to go to church because you might have to climb those stairs and, you know, it's just too much for you. It's going to hurt your knee or, mm-hmm. or you know, you're, you're not able to clean the house because your back hurts so much because you have all this extra weight on you. And you just, I, I think when it becomes like when your health is a weight in the Hebrews 12 sense that's keeping you from faithfulness, I think at that point, you, you like that's a good way to step into those kind of relationships and say, hey, look. You know, 
there's some subjectivity here, but you're unable to do the things God called you to do because of your body, uh, because of you know, you're, uh, because of how you're taking care of yourself. At this point, it becomes a moral imperative for you to resolve the issue. You know? mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, so I would latch onto that uh, as a good way to, you know, an anchor in the midst of a foggy subject. You know. Yeah. So, so I guess essentially. What you're saying is when it comes to how fat does someone have to be before it's okay to <laughs> fat shame them, you know, essentially when they're uh, at the point that they can't really faithfully perform the responsibilities that they've been entrusted with, right? Is that the answer? You're, I think that's a safe answer. And I don't that's, know that that's I not the question it. I ended up asking, you know, <laughs> with this last one, but you you skillfully answered it anyway. So yeah, I think that's the safest way to address the subject is, is, is to say there's that. And I mean, I don't know that there's a, I think, you know, in practical terms, you know, people would be forgiven to think, Oh yeah. You know, you basically, whatever standard of weight you're at is acceptable and, and everything else. And then, you know, anyone who is heavier than you, you're going to pick on or something like that, you know, (laughs) you give, and I would say, well, there may be some like um, psychological tendencies in that way. But I I do think, you know, if you're feel if you're full of joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and meekness and kindness and faithfulness and self-control, I would say there's, you know, there's probably a lot of freedom as far as that goes. And there's obviously more important things than peak physical health, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's a problem. I mean, it's, it's just like when people, when people hear you say, hey, you know, maybe you should try to – like, I mean, it, there's a dumb move that happens where it's like, hey, you need to like take your health more seriously. They instantaneously look at you and say, hey, well, I'm sorry. I'm never going to be that fitness model on Instagram or whatever with the six-pack apps. And, you know, I'm sorry I'm not good enough for you. And it's just like, hey, come on. (laughs) Why are we going there? You know, like we're just like I think like you don't have to go there, you know, with it. No one has to go there. Right. Like it's just – but any pushback is taken like – like that, you want me to be, you know, those people in the magazine. It's like, no, I, I think you're unable to do the things that God's called you to do, and you, you, you have to be faithful, right? And like, so, um, what is that going to look like, right? Right. Uh, do you think it it might mean like the Proverbs thirty one woman, for instance, clothes herself with strength, right? But that doesn't mean like she's an Olympic athlete. It means that she. But it also means she's not the sluggard, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the same thing is true of men. Like you know, like the what? Like I think if if you can be faithful to the things God has called you to, uh, and you know, do well at them, and not just barely get by, that kind of determines how serious you know you should take this. And so, right. Um, so the last two questions I'll ask you. The first one is obviously the pushback. And I know we kind of talked about, we've really kind of already answered this, but it might be helpful to have kind of a, a concise um, answer to it as well. Uh, we've answered it all throughout the episode, but then it might be nice to have a concise kind of answer to this too in the episode. But a lot of people, the critique they're going to have is, hey, this isn't a very loving thing to do, right? To, to quote unquote fat shame people. This isn't very loving. You're not being gentle you're not being kind, you're not being meek. Um, so, so what, 
what would your response be to the person that has that kind of uh, pushback when it comes to the assertion that we actually should confront people when um, when their their weight is becoming such an issue that they can't perform their normal duties and, and that we also even need to be talking about hey look gluttony is a real sin that the probably like 90% of our society, if not more, 90% of our society is uh, committing right now. So what would your response be to that, that type of pushback? Sure. I mean, I think just take, you know, do argument ad, ad absurdum or whatever, argue from the extreme. I mean, I think everyone knows with the 600 pound person, that a person doesn't get 600 pounds laying in a bed unable to stand without people in their life who are enabling them, right? So, like, in order to maintain that level of weight, you have to eat, like, two pizzas a day or more. And someone is buying those pizzas for that person. Like, just watch my 600-pound life and you'll see, right? There's always the enabler there. And that may, you know, our society's definition of love is to basically give people whatever they want, right? Mm -hmm. That's the definition of love. You give them whatever they want. You And what you have to do is give them what's called a universal positive regard. So basically you have to uncritically praise everything that they do and choose as their own identity and everything else. And so like there's – and that's what people want. They want un, like universal positive regard. They just want, you know – Tell me I'm special. Tell me I'm wonderful. Tell me I'm perfect. Tell me I'm pretty just the way I am, right? And that's why Adele is an inspiration to all the young fat singers, you know, and young fat girls who were made fun of in high school and all that. It's because they just want to be universally praised for who they are, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, empowered to be their true and authentic self. And the problem is it's just – it's a lie from the pit of hell. It's destructive. It's harmful to people. So that person who's laying there, I mean, they're – that if you imagine, if you understand what they're doing to their body, they're understanding what they're like. <laughs> even if they lose weight, they're gonna have all these like significant sheets of fat that are hanging off of their bones. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, they're permanently, you know, uh, scarring themselves and mutilating themselves for the rest of their life by the choices that they're making, and they're dramatically cutting down their lifespan, and they're dramatically, uh, you know, harming themselves and harming everyone around them. I mean, like, what kind of mom is it that's just laying in a bed 600 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. like, what kind of quality of life is that? Like, that's an extremely self-centered person. That's the sluggard who, you know, can't even bring her hand up from the bowl or his hand up from the bowl. I mean, like, you, you, you know, you have, like, the worst quality of life imaginable. You can't even enjoy the creation that God's given you and like in, in the way that you should, right? And you have all of these problems. You're probably on, a, like, a list of medication just to keep yourself going at that point. Right. And so like that's not love. Like it's not love just to hand a, you know, a drug addict drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not like it's like like if you're that person who thinks, hey, the loving thing is to give, you know, the, the heroin addict their, their next fix. I mean, you're you're killing them. You're an agent of destruction right. in their life. And true love is going to be to like say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing it. And you know what? Like there's no one who's going to be 600 pounds without some help. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And if everyone would quit helping them, they would at least get down to four, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to get their own their own stuff, you know. So, like, that's the point. So, there's built-in exercise at that point, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they have a phone. They order 
I mean, but look, I mean, if they have a phone, they're ordering their own pizza. All you have to do is take their phone from them. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to get up and get it, you know, until they lose about 100 pounds or 200 <laughs> pounds. And so, I mean, like, that's what, you know, and that's like what it means. Like, and that's the problem is that, you know, we, we've lost like what it means to actually love people. It's not just affirm them as beautiful and wonderful just the way they are. It is to, you know, be people who are actually iron sharpens iron in their life and actually helping them like to see the things that, that are so obvious to everyone around them. It's like, hey, you know, this is a huge thing for you, body image and you know, part of it's because you're making a lot of bad choices and you need to wake up, you know, mm-hmm. your life could be a hundred times better if you would repent, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to, you know, be the person in your life, you know, um, giving you the kisses of an enemy, but I'll give you the wounds of a friend. Right. Right. Um, so my last question isn't necessarily related directly to weight but more focused on the gluttony aspect of everything and and it's simply you know what what would you there there might be people listening who are thinking to themselves hey maybe i'm the person who's actually um gluttonous may maybe i'm the person who's eating way more than i'm supposed to be eating and i'm actually dishonoring the lord uh with you know with my diet and with my self-control when it comes to what I eat. And so what would you, what would you tell that person in terms of number one, how do you even figure out if you're the person who's gluttonous? Uh, You know, it's hard to imagine there's like a specific line where it's like, Hey, if you eat more than, you know, X amount of, of McDoubles from McDonald's, (laughs) then, then you're, you're gluttonous at that point, you know? Um, So how do you determine, uh, determine whether or not, you are the gluttonous person. And then what would you say to encourage that person um, in terms of, of fighting that sin? I think no one wants to, very few people want to admit that they're the gluttonous person. And so it's all like, oh, you know, I just got I'm just big boned. Just big boned, you know, um, that kind of thing. And most people have that. But then those kind of people, I would say, in almost every single case, um, yeah, in the vast majority of cases, like they just like their perception of what is like normal is skewed, and they don't realize it. You know, so you know some in terms of like no one's just gonna say, hey, you know, I think a lot of people in that kind of category are basically just gonna say, hey, you know, look, I'm not sneaking the cookies, and I'm not, you know. I'm not doing all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't have my food stashes all over the place. I'm not eating and throwing it up and eating some more and binging. I'm not doing that, but I just get bigger and I, you know, I don't know, whatever. And I, I, I would think that like that kind of person, if like, if they would listen to what I'm saying, it would benefit them. They would like, what they should do is they should get a skinny person in their life that says, Hey, I would like to look like this person. Right. Mm-hmm. And then go talk to that person and say, hey, you know what? As an experiment, I'm going to eat what you eat <laughs> 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 and only what you eat, right? Uh-huh. Will you help? Will you, I want to eat what you eat and only what you eat. And so I want you to tell me what you eat and I'm going to do it, whatever you eat. You know, Will you be like my accountability partner? Because I think that this is just all about my genetics and like I can't help it and everything else. But I want to test that theory out and I want to eat 
the proportions that you eat and the exact things that you're eating. And so will you take me under your wing and just be like, let's just test this theory out and see, right? Let's mm-hmm. see if this is like you look the way you look because of lifestyle choices that you're making that I'm unwilling to make. Or let's see if it's because of, you know, uh, genetics. And I would think that in the vast majority of cases, what that person would find is that they look the way they look and they feel the way they feel because they're making different choices. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, um, like, obviously this person is not starving to death dead, you know, that you wish you could look like or something. Right. And that's not this, uh, but I mean, be careful there. I'm, I'm not trying to say that like that the goal of losing weight is just to get to some, you know, ultimately mainly about getting to some appearance, you know, um, that you find desirable or something else. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, if you think it's all about like, if no one is going to say, Hey, maybe I'm gluttonous, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But like what I would just say is, okay. To that person who, who has, who thinks, okay, it's all about my genetics. Why don't you test it out and see, you know, and you might find that that person that you think has better genetics than you, they drink water all day long, right? They don't mm-hmm. drink all the Mountain Dew uh, 20 ounces or two liters or whatever. And you might find that if you would modify your diet to theirs, that you would see some pretty dramatic changes. They may have learned something along the way that you haven't, you know? Mm-hmm. And so does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty helpful. I, I'm not, but that's not all that there is to weight loss. I'm, or, that's not all there is to this subject. I'm just, I'm just to that kind of person. I'm trying to answer. Well, what would be some practical thing you might say to that kind of person, right? Um, who to wake them up a little bit and realize how hey, we're maybe this isn't what I think it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You, you, you have a push follow up or push back on that? Um, no, no. I think. I mean, obviously. There's probably a lot more that could be said overall in terms of, of that kind of person and, and practical advice. Um, but I, th- I think that's at least like a, a good starting place for someone. Um, well, I, uh, let me, let me add this real quick. I mean, I just, I don't think we like, um, Bible, Bible says that body exercises of little profit. Uh, that doesn't mean no profit. It means of little profit. And I think the goal is not to get to some like the goal of this kind of thing is not to like have some sort of standard in your mind of what is perfection and hold everyone to it and then to make right. fun of any variance from that kind of thing. The point though is just to say that hey, we're in a society that now is praising vices and we need to like wake up a little bit. Yeah. And the goal is to be faithful. Like we want to be faithful to the things God has called us to be. And if we just uncritically, here's the point: if you uncritically just praise like behavior that is destructive, like you're going to get destruction. You're not going to get like ability to honor God. And that's the impulse behind it. It's not just to, is to, you know, mock fat people, you know, it is to say that, Hey, like we, we've lost our way and we need to wake up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. Well, I think, I think that's a good place to stop on this discussion. Um, so Thank you, Tim, for all of your helpful answers. Uh, This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. 
We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. Now go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.